You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. All right, the most important thing when you get up here is to make sure you turn everything on, right? Um, all right, so at this point, uh, we're going to go ahead and send the kids to Kids Kingdom. So if you have kids in here, please go ahead and take them to where they, uh, where they belong. Um, I'm sure they don't want to hear me speak and be bored by what I say. Um, so good morning, church. Good morning, everybody. Um, our lesson this morning is titled Loving Past the Surface. Um, I've got the clicker here, so I'm going to do my best to make sure I press the right button. Over there is where it's supposed to go. All right, so we've got, we're continuing our series, His Power, His, or By His Power and For His Glory. Um, last week, Brian um, read the theme scripture, which I'm going to go ahead and read here in two minutes. Um, it says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober minds so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in its various forms. If any of you speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Um, so last week, Brian talked about the end of all things being near, and how we need to live as though Jesus' return is imminent, right? And so he specified... Um, that our response needs to be that we're trusting that God is in control, that no matter what's going on with this crazy time with COVID, all the uh, unrest that's going on in our world, that God is in control, and we need to trust that and rely on that. Um, We need to be clear-minded so that we can stay focused on his word and his purpose for our lives so that we can pray and make sure that we're being a light to the world. So this week, we're going to focus on the second scripture, which is, um, above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. So um, when I look at this, the thing that stood out to me was the concept of above all, right? That's going to be the first thing that we're going to focus at. And so, you know, the thing that popped into my head was above all what? What, Why does it say above all? What does that mean, right? So this concept is talked about a couple different times in the scriptures, um, the idea of above all. So we're going to look at a couple other scriptures to kind of help us understand what Peter's talking about when he says above all, love each other deeply. So in 1 Peter uh, chapter 4 and verse 8, I'm sorry, in, uh, where are we at here? Proverbs 4.23. Um, it says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is a wellspring of life. So prior to this, he's talking about the importance of listening to and following instructions. You understand that, teens? The importance of listening to and following instructions? With the final piece being, above all else, guard your heart. Because that's super important, right? Our heart is where we connect with things, where we, how we respond to things, um, how we're impacted by things. So that's super important that we guard our hearts. Um, the second scripture we're going to look at, it, 2 Peter 1.20, and it says, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. So here, Peter's talking about how they did not follow invented stories when they were sharing about Jesus, but that they personally witnessed his majesty and the experience of being with Jesus Um, And this solidified the words of the prophets. So in both of these situations, the writer's stressing that the events that came before or around these things were important, but what was most important was what came after the words above all. So in the first scripture, it was guard your heart, and here it was you must understand that the 
that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. So we're looking at our theme scripture, um, and it's above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins, right? So Peter's stressing here that the most important thing is to love each other deeply. Um, and you look at you look at that, if we love deeply, all the other things that follow, we're going to do as well, that will offer hospitality, will serve others, will administer God's grace, and will speak the words of God. So if you find yourself in a situation where you're interacting with somebody and you're thinking, how can I help this person? How can I show them God's love? How can I impact them? What do I need to do first? Love deeply, right? So if we can get this concept on straight, we're going to be able to impact the people that God's put in our lives, whether it's our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, uh, people at school. Um, so the key is to keep in mind that we've got to love each other deeply. That should come first, and if we're doing that, then we'll be able to do all these other things as well. Um, so if we're going to love deeply, which is our first point, we need to think through, well, what does that mean, right? What does it mean to love in a godly, biblical way? Um, and so... I figured if we're going to talk about love, we should probably go to the scripture that really talks about love and kind of gives us the definition. Um, so we're going to go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and verse 4 through 7. But one of the things that helps me is I'm kind of a visual learner, right? So I like to think through, uh, have a picture in my mind of what does it look like? I remember when I first became a disciple, and you know we were talking about having quiet times daily. And I was like, well, what does it mean to have a good quiet time? What does that look like? So trying to picture somebody or talk through with people and have an idea helped me. So what I want you guys to do right now, so I want to help you guys get this concept of love each other deeply, is I want you to take a moment and think about someone that pops in your head when you think of someone who's extremely loving, right? So take a moment right now and think about who's that first person that pops into your head. Do you have it? You guys all have somebody that popped in your head, somebody that you know is a very loving, encouraging person. Um, so keep that person in mind as we're going through the scriptures and use them as an example as we talk about different things. For me, when I think of some people that come to mind, um, you know, I think of, of Rhett. You know, my wife and I have been getting to know the Butlers um, over the last couple months, and, you know, Rhett to me is an extremely loving person. He seems like he's willing to interact with anybody, anywhere, anytime. He treats everybody the same. Um, he has a great deal of love. I also think of Rico McLean. Um, to me, he seems like he's a very loving guy. I love being around him. I always feel encouraged when I'm in his presence. Um, and, you know, another guy that came to mind for me was Adrian Erkman. Um, I know he's not in our fellowship. He's, you know, out in South Carolina right now. But he's a guy that um, I feel like just whenever he, he's interacting with people, they all feel important to him. They all feel loved by him. And um, I also think of Ike Martinez in our team ministry. Um, again, he's a guy that uh, I just feel like treats everybody the same. You know, there's no pretense with him. Um, and then it's funny because, you know, sometimes the people closest to you can cause you to struggle and you don't really see their benefits. But one other person that stood out to me is my son, Jalen Thomas. Um, if you've ever seen him interact with little kids, you get that sense of like, that's what it must have been like for Jesus to spend time with kids, right? Like he just loves the kids. They love being around him. He's super encouraging. So it helps me when I was putting this, letter to, this lesson together to think of these people um, as I was thinking about what does it look like to be loving. All right, so let's go ahead and look at um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to look at verses 4 through 7. You guys are all familiar with the scripture, but we're going to take a deep dive into it anyways. So it says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. 
it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So I want you guys to think about this past week. How have you been doing being a loving person? Have you been patient? Have you shown kindness, humility? Have you demonstrated the ability to stay calm? Have you been forgiving, encouraging, protective, trusting? hopeful? Have you been willing to persevere with the people that are in your lives? Um, and it's funny, and I'm sure Rhett can attest to this. When, um, it seems like to me, whenever I've gotten up, I've had an opportunity to preach a lesson. Whatever the topic is about, I'm challenged with that that week, right? Like God just throws it out there. Like you're not doing very good at this. If you're going to talk about it, I got to show you that you really need to be humble. And that's what my last couple of weeks was like with my family. Um, loving, right? I'm doing a lesson on love, and this week I wasn't very loving. Um, I was extremely impatient with my wife over the last two weeks. She can attest to that. I've been short, uh, been very, very grumpy. I'm not really sure why, but I've just been grumpy this last couple of weeks. Um, and so I haven't um, treated her the way that I need to. I haven't been loving in that way. And I had an incident with my son this week uh, where I lost my temper. I got extremely angry. I threw a cell phone into the back of the car. I yelled at him. Um, so I wasn't very loving to him, and so I apologize to you for that if I haven't already done that. Um, but it's funny because, you know, sometimes we struggle with the things that we know we should do. Um, the good news is it doesn't end there, right? We can repent. So if your week was anything like mine, um, I, I want to give you hope that we can turn it around. Because the thing about love in a biblical way is it's a decision that we make, right? It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's a choice that we make. We choose to be patient. We choose to be kind. We choose to not be easily angered. So we can, we can make that choice. So if you had a bad week, let's start today and let's choose to be loving moving forward. Amen? Um, so it's interesting because have you ever thought about love being a gift from God? Right? Um, when we think of those people that are loving, I think sometimes people just are loving by nature. Um, they just have that gift. They know how to encourage people. They know how to build people up. They know how to make people feel special. Um, and so for those people, I applaud you. But for the rest of us, we need to work on it, right? It's, it's, it has to be intentional. It has to be purposeful. We have to choose to go below the surface and love people. And so, you know, I want to look at, like, how do we do that? How do we choose to love people? What are some of the practicals? What ways can we go after encouraging those around us and building people up so they feel loved by us more than the people of the world. Um, let's go ahead and change the slide here. So <clears throat> we're going to take a look at um, some of the people that we need to love in this way, right? So the first, the first one, the second point is loving our neighbors. Um, so in Matthew 22, in verse 36, it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And another scripture that makes the same point, Romans 13, 8 through 10. It says, let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever, whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So love your neighbor as yourself. God is calling us to treat those people that he's put in our lives in the same manner that we would treat ourselves. Um, so think about the people that you interact with, whether it's your actual physical neighbors, people that live around you, that are living in your community. Um, it could be those, your coworkers, uh, people at school, whether they're the people in your friend groups or just people you interact with or people you see. Um, could be that person at the, at the, the supermarket or the shopping mall, uh, just some person that you run it, randomly run into. We need to love those people the way that we love ourselves. Um, so how do we do that, right? Because again, if, if you're not naturally a loving person, if that's not your gift, um, it helps to kind of have some practical, some things that you can do to put in place. So um, firstly, we can start by asking, how are you doing? I mean, you think about it, it's a simple thing, but oftentimes we don't do that. We interact with people kind of head down, just sort of walk by, maybe we say hi, but um, I've been in several situations where I'm walking my dog, I see somebody say, hey, how are you doing? And 20 minutes later, they're still talking to me. They're still sharing about how they're doing because people need that connection. They want to feel like they're being loved. They want to feel like people care about them. Um, we can offer to help them with a task, serving them. One of the things I love about our community of disciples is we're there for each other, right? If somebody's moving, all we got to do is send out an email, hey, I'm moving, I need some help, and, you know, 5, 10, 15 people reply, as long as you offer pizza, of course. Um, <laughs> but people in the world don't really have that. And so for you to just ask, hey, is there anything I can do to serve you? Is there any way I can help you? Um, I think people would be blown away. They would feel very loved and encouraged. Uh, we can invite them to spend time with us, right? You know, in the scripture, uh, the, the main scripture talked about hospitality. We can invite people over for a meal. We can invite them out to an event, to hang out, to go bowling, to spend some time, to grab some coffee. Everybody loves Starbucks. Everybody loves coffee bean. Um, again, I think people would feel super encouraged, especially kids at school. Um, there, there are so many situations where you have kids who have no friends. They really don't interact with anybody. They go to school, they go home, they, and that's, that's basically their lives. How, would, how encouraged would they feel for somebody to just reach out to them and say, hey, let's go grab some coffee, let's hang out, let's talk, or let's spend some time at lunch? Um, your coworkers, same type of thing, right? We, we interact with these people every day, but oftentimes we don't really have a relationship with them. Just taking the time to say, hey, let's go grab some lunch. Let's go spend some time. I want to get to know you a little bit better. Um, and then make sure that we're actively listening the things that they share about in their lives, whether they're talking about their fears or their insecurities. Again, we live in a world where People give lip service all the time. How are you doing? You, they talk, and you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then they just move on, and they don't ask you any questions. They're not really paying attention. And sometimes we can be like that with each other, right? We can be like that here in the church where we're asking questions, but we're not really living, listening to the answers. But I think if we can actively listen to the people in our community, to our neighbors, again, they'll feel loved. They'll feel heard. They'll feel appreciated. And then finally, make sure that we're sharing about our lives because, you know, the, the, the tendency in the world is to put out there everything's perfect, everything's great. Everything's awesome. But if we can share the things that we're going through, the struggles that we have, the difficulties, the hard decisions we have to make, and then if we could also share about the hope that we have and why we're still so happy, because we have God, because we believe in it. Again, people would feel love. They would feel that connection, which so many people in our world right now need. Um, so that's loving your neighbor. Hopefully those practicals help. Um, as I was thinking through them, they definitely helped me, uh, because, again, I'm not a naturally loving person. Um, why do I keep pointing down there? I should be pointing up there. Um, so next we're going to talk about loving one another, loving other disciples, loving each other. In John chapter 13, we're all familiar with this scripture, verses 30 through, 34 through 35, it says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, 
if you love one another. Romans 12, 9 through, 12, 9 through 10 says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. I love that. Be devoted to one another. Are we doing it? Are we devoted to one another? Or do we, have we become a little more religious than we should? Do we come to church and just kind of hang out, talk to a few people, and then bounce? Are we devoted? Are we really investing time with one another? I love how it says here at the end, honor one another above yourselves, right? There's an honor in that that we should give to each other. Um, and then finally, 1 John 4, 10 through 12, says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So how do we love each other more than what we've been doing? How do we take it beyond the surface? How do we get that deeper love with one another? Um, again, I think we have a tendency, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but sometimes we just go, hey, bro, how you doing? And we leave it at that. And we're not really looking for how are they doing. We're just asking the question to make conversation. But can we get back to asking deeper questions? How's your week been? How's your relationship with your wife? How are you doing with your kids? How are things going at work? How's your times with God? Are you, are you really connecting with God? Is there anything you're struggling with? Can I pray for you about anything? Let's ask those deeper questions. Let's make sure that we're really investing in each other. Um, and then I think we can make it a point when we're at church to go out of our way to connect with somebody specifically every week, right? Like don't just come to church, hang out, have a few conversations and leave. Make a point, I'm gonna really connect with this person this week. I'm gonna get some time, I'm gonna talk with them. I'm gonna set up time later on in the week so that we can spend time together. Whether it's a coffee, whether it's meeting in person. We have the opportunity now where we can meet over Zoom. I know a lot of people aren't comfortable meeting together, so we can meet over Zoom or have a phone conversation. But let's make it a point, I wanna challenge you, that starting today, we're gonna to go after having an intentional conversation with someone and then we're gonna to try to set up time and follow up later on that week. Let's really show God's love to one another because, you know, life's difficult. We go through hard times as well and it, it, it's important for us to feel like this community has our backs because God loves us, he's there for us, and he expects us to be there for each other. So let's go out of our way to make sure that we're encouraging and build, building each other up. Um, and then finally, and this was, the, the, I think, the most challenging, is we need to love our enemies, right? I appreciate that. I appreciate your guys' response. Ugh, I don't know. And so if that was your response, that means maybe you have somebody in mind, somebody that uh, hasn't been so nice. Maybe it's the, the kid at school who's always bullying people. Maybe it's that coworker that's just super annoying that you know is going to backstab you and try to take any information you have. Maybe it's that neighbor that lives right next door to you that just causes problems. They're going to call the cops on you because your music's too loud. Or they're going to call... Um, services on you because you're installing an air conditioning unit and they like don't like it so they want to like make sure that you have to get a permit and pay some money and have it move no, none of those are personal but that didn't actually happen um, but but we have those you know those people that just kind of grade us right they don't make us feel good about them but we're called to love them not just tolerate them not just not have arguments with them we're called to love them Scripture, Luke chapter 6, verse 27, it says, But I tell you, 
Hear me. I tell you who, hear, you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Think about that. Think about that. That's, that's a challenge, but that's what the Bible's calling us to do. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on the cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Teens, with your siblings, let them take your stuff. Be nice. Love them. Don't let them be your enemies. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Because everybody does that, right? What credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expect to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you'll be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Anybody feeling challenged by that? Right? So, again, I love how the Bible just kind of makes things simple. If you love those who love you, what credit is that? Even sinners do that. We live in a difficult, challenging, cynical world where it's all about us. What can I get? What can people do for me? And the world tends to do the bare minimum. But as disciples, we're called to do more than that. We're called to be more than that. We're called to love our enemies. So think about, again, that coworker, person at school, the neighbor. Um, some practicals. Again, these things help me. Get them a gift, just because. Think about their response, right? Hey, I just wanted to you know, bake you some cookies, neighbor. Hey, person at school, I just wanted to give you this little present. And they'd be like, I don't even like you. Yeah, that's fine. You can have the present. I want to love you the way that God loves me, because I'm supposed to be loving my enemies. right? Get them a gift. Make a point to compliment them on some aspect of their character. Mm, that's challenging, right? Because you don't like the person, but you got to love them. So everybody's got some good qualities. If you pay attention enough to find out what they are, give them a compliment. For the bully, hey, I like how big and tough you are. Okay. For the backstabbing coworker, I love your attention to detail. Because, you know, you pay attention to what's going wrong, right? To that rude, annoying neighbor. Not really sure, but I'll figure one out for that. Um, I love the fact that you live next to me. Um, and then... I think, I think this is a good one. I think this one is, is challenging, but I think it would really be helpful is ask if there's anything that you could pray for them for, right? Think about how that's going to make them feel. Can I pray for you? I know you're persecuting me. I know you're treating me rotten, but I'm still willing to pray for you. Because if you think about it, that's what we're called to. That's what God did for us, right? When we were out there, when we were messing up, when we were sinners, when we were against him, he loved us. He prayed for us. He cared for us. So let's see if we can do that. Hopefully those practicals help. Um, again, I know that loving your enemies is tough. It's difficult. It's challenging. But it's something we're called to do. So the last part of the scripture is being love covers over a multitude of sins. And so it's interesting because I'm like, how does, that, how does that happen? How does love 
cover of a multitude of sins. So I just spent some time thinking about it and praying about it. Um, and here's what came to mind. And if there's something else that pops, to you, pops in your head, um, feel free to share with me afterwards. But here's what came to mind for me. So if we're, if we're loving, right, the way that we're supposed to, if we're, you know, not being easily angered, if we're paying attention to detail, if we're really caring about the people in our lives, then, then we're not going to be doing a lot of the sins that, we might, that might trap us up. We're not going to be coveting. We're not going to be impatient. We're not going to be unkind. We're not going to be selfish. So loving deeply will cover over the sins in our own lives if we can make that our priority, if we take to heart the above all part. And so it will help us eliminate some of the sins in our own lives. But it will also help us connect with others and help them overcome. Because when someone is loved in spite of their sin, right, it helps them to get to a place of repentance. So that feeling of love, being loved, helps remove the guilt and the shame of our sin. And it reminds us, or reminds others, that they're not worthless, that someone does care about them. And it puts them in a position to where they'll be eager to repent, to want to change, because they feel loved. So love really does cover over a multitude of sins. Um, And, you know, this was the effect that Jesus had, right? That he loved us. He was willing to go to the cross for us. He was willing to die for us because he wanted to cover over our sins because he loved us that way. And so we need to love others in the same way that Jesus loved us. So we're going to transition now into communion. And so as we do, let's remember how Jesus loved his neighbors, how Jesus loved the other apostles, right? And how he loved his enemies, even to the point of praying for the guys gambling for his clothes when he was on the cross. So Jesus is our example. He's who we want to imitate in all these areas of our lives. So um, we're going to go ahead and read Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 and 36. And it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I love that. Jesus loved us. He had compassion on us because he understood that we were harassed and helpless and we were lost without a relationship with God. He loved us so deeply that he was willing to go to the cross for us. So as we take the bread that represents his body that was broken on the cross, as we Take the juice that represents his blood that was shed for us. Let's remember, let's reflect on the impact that his love has had on our lives. And let's make sure that we're praying and striving to figure out how we can take that love to the people that God has put in our lives so that we can truly love deeply our neighbors, the other disciples, so that we can love our enemies the way that Jesus loved us. Let's pray. God, we um, are so grateful that we get to come before you this morning. Uh, We are so humbled to be in your presence. And as we think through what it means to love deeply, God, it is super, super challenging, um, especially when you're the ultimate example of that deep love. God, I pray that um, you help us to appreciate the sacrifices that you made for us 
when we were your enemies. Help us to be super grateful for your son, for the life that he lived, for the example that he was, for the compassion that he had. God, I pray that you would help us to be moved to action by that love and that compassion. God, help us to be willing to love others, to serve others, to go out of our way to show compassion to the lost people in this world. Help us to love one another deeply. God, I pray that um, as we remember your son, as we remember his sacrifice, God, help us to be motivated to love our enemies the way that he loved us. Help us to be willing to serve them the way that we've been served. God, we're super grateful for this time. We thank you for all the things that, we, that you do for us. We are super grateful for your love and your compassion. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.